You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today, Bishop Herbert Bailey and Dr. Marsha Bailey continue with Mean Christians. Look, on your, look down your row, up and down. Tell them no mean Christians allowed on this row. If that's you, Got to go. go to the back. Got to go. No mean Christians on this row. No mean Christians on this row. All right? And so we said there really should not be such a thing as mean Christians, though we know they are any more than there should be drunk Christians and lying Christians and stealing Christians and brawling and fighting Christians. There shouldn't be mean Christians. Okay? Uh, our foundational scripture comes from Ephesians, the fourth chapter, Ephesians 4, verse 31 and 32 says, let all bitterness, let's put an emphasis there on all. You can't hold on to any of it. Somebody say, I'm just a little bit mean. Let, let, come, let it all go. <laughs> that all bitterness and all wrath and all anger and all clamor and all evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Malice is just holding stuff and holding grudges and, and being irritated and wanting to get back at people and being, getting your, getting your, uh, your, your uh, be in your bonnet and all, all wrapped up, tied up, tangled up because of what you're holding on the inside of you. So let all that go. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Okay? And so we looked at last week uh, probably one of the biggest, um, the biggest accounts of religious people being mean. Because I said that they're, that mean, uh, that the meanness of the mean are mean religious Christians because they usually try to justify their meanness based upon some skewed view of scripture. So instead of saying, you know, I, I got an anger problem, they'll, they'll cover that up and say, I was just, I got righteous indignation. No, you mean and you got an anger issue. Okay. Now, I'll be honest with y'all. I, I don't have the answer, and, and, I, and I don't have the answer. And so I, I think there's only a couple questions I want to ask Jesus when I get to heaven. You know, some people got all kinds of questions. I really only got one. And one question is, how come he can beat people at the temple and I can't? <laughs> I do have a question. I, I, yeah, because really, and, and, and this is one of the things, really, I don't, I don't completely understand. Now, some people tell you they understand anything. I don't understand that, okay? Because Jesus got mad at those folks, and he whipped the folks out of the temple. And he tells us to turn the other cheek. It was his house. You see, okay. Well, you got the answer. Yeah. I, like, no, I really don't have the answer to that. Like, I just know I ain't supposed to do it. You can't do it. <laughs> I know he did it. And, mm-hmm. it, and, he, and, what? and he's, he's without sin. Amen? Mm-hmm. So I I get subtle. He's, he's without sin. He can't make a mistake. So maybe just something I don't understand about it. But I know that I can't go around trying to justify beating well, people and what? slapping people. Well, Jesus beat the people out of the temple. Well, no, that would, be, that would just be my... But you think about it. Huh? He created all of us. Okay, come, come on. You got the answer. Okay, no, I don't have the answer. Come on. Give us the answer, but, woman of God. Okay, he created all of us, right? So in his mindset, y'all are my kids. And, and you, you can beat your kids. You can beat your kids. 
You, you, okay. You're disciplining them for acting a fool in your house. You ain't grown yet. This ain't yours. And I'm going to let you know this is my, my house. This is my house. Okay. My rules. All right. I can get with that. So. I, that, that'll work. So you can't be the big brother. That work. people in his house. Because when he did it, he said, my house yes. shall be called the house of prayer. He said, you. Now what you're not going to do up in this house. What you're not going to do. And so. It would be like you catching your child with somebody doing something they ain't supposed to be doing in your house. Right. You could beat them, right? What you're not going to be doing up in my right, house. Right, right. Okay, so, thank you, woman so of God. Thank you for like, helping me. <laughs> so it's like Chandler trying to tear up, beat his siblings. If we come home and find out about it. Even though they did something wrong, we have to tell Chandler it's not your so place. So in that, in that situation, he was acting as God, not right. as man. Right. All right, that's good. That's good, Pastor Isn't that, Marshall. I, I just, you, know. you need to write a book, Why Jesus Beat the People Out of the Temple. I don't think, I, I don't think it's book worthy. Okay. But, but that's good. But I know that we can't respond in anger and get it all in the flesh and be brawling and fighting and all that. You know, um, I, I, we were talking to one of our spiritual sons and you know, and their wives and their spiritual children and uh, people in our fellowship. And they were telling us about someone, I don't know, a leader or, or someone in the church who's always, who's always in conflict with people at the church, always got issues and saying, well, this is just the way I am. I said, you need to let her know, well, that's the, well you need to change. Mm. You know, well, this is just the way I am. Well, no, that's the way you were. It's not where you're supposed to be. Okay, right. God knows how we are, but he says, I give you the Holy Spirit and I give you the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit so you can stop being how you are and be how I want you to be. Mm. Because one of the things, I'm not going to get to it this week, but one of the reasons, the fourth reason, I didn't even give you number two and three yet tonight, but the fourth reason why, why people are mean, because a, it's a fruit deficit. Mm. It's a fruit deficit. You know, we spoke the fruit of the spirit. The Bible tells us what the fruit of the spirit is in Galatians 5th chapter. But when you have fruit deficits, your flesh is going to show up more than the fruit's going to show up. Amen? Amen. And by the way, let me, here's another quick answer for you, for questions, for people who wonder why people can speak in tongues and prophesy and, and give tongues interpretation and still be mean. How, how, and and y'all ever wonder those, those things? Okay, how can you be speaking in tongues and all? Well, that, that is really a simple answer for that. It's because the gifts of the Spirit are for power. Mm. Okay? And the fruit of the Spirit is for character. And you've got a lot of people who are highly developed nope. in the gifts. Wow. But they're, not, but, they're, but they're infants and dwarfs in their character. Woo. And so like you praying for, praying for more, more power and all that, you need to be praying for the, for the fruit to grow. Wow. So we can be balanced. Mm. Amen? Amen? So let all bitterness be, and all this be put away from us. And so we looked at, we looked at, um, it's, it's, it's all right. I know. Nana, 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 Nana he and her Nana. grandchild, Nana. Lord like Jesus. Okay? Um, and so we saw John 8, how the woman who was quote-unquote caught in the act of adultery. And last I know, to do the act of adultery, you need two people. Mm. But some kind of way, they caught her in the act. And let her and, go. Uh, but only brought her. We said that that is the epitome of being mean. And they brought her before Jesus in the temple. It was mean to snatch her from the act of sex. It was mean to, to grab her and bring her out in public. I don't know what she had on. It was mean to drag her into the temple. It was mean to interrupt service. Mm. 
okay? It was mean to tell her, put all her business out in the street and uncover her. Wow. All, all, that, all that was just mean. And it was mean to do all this at the same time, especially mean to women in the fact that supposedly she was caught, but the man wasn't brought there, only the woman. Unfortunately, we said we still have a lot of mean Christians today. And so we looked at the number one reason that, that causes people to be mean, mean Christians in the name of Christianity and religion, because we're self-righteous. Isaiah 64 and 4 reminds us that all our righteousness, self-righteousness, is that filthy rags in the sight of God. There's another scripture that talks about a menstruous cloth. Okay, y'all know, know what that is, right? You don't hold that around, right? You just want to throw that away. He says, and our righteousness, trying to be right or professing to be right or thinking you're good by yourself without the blood and without Jesus is as filthy rags in God's sight. He throws that away. Mm -hmm. That means nothing. Your righteousness, your righteousness by yourself without him apart from the blood means nothing to God. You can boast about it, but it does not move God when you are self-righteous. Okay? And Paul talks about in Romans 10 and 3, he said that he was being ignorant of God's righteousness. People seek their own righteousness. Because when you really understand how you become righteous, you really understand there's no such thing as self-righteousness. Because right, right. the only way I'm righteous is by the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. The only way I'm righteous is to recognize what Jesus has done for me and come through the blood. I can't make myself right. Mm. Amen? Amen. Philippians 3 and 9, Paul says, I want to be found in him not having my own righteousness. Not having my own righteousness, but the righteousness which is through faith in Christ Jesus. So you can't self, if you are self-righteous, you think that you don't need God. You think you don't need the blood. How, let me see, how, how do I say it at noon today? You think that your excrement doesn't have an odor. Y'all, it's amazing how I came up with that, right? Yeah, see, now see, some of y'all heard that another way. I, I said what I said. You think your excrement doesn't have an odor. Now, don't, don't, don't say it the way they say it in the, in the street to interpret it for the folks in the hood. Okay? But no, we're nothing without God. We can't clean ourselves up. I don't care, you know, remember, I, I was really joking. I was joking, but then I, I was kind of joking. A few weeks ago, I was, I was preaching, and I said, you know, and I said, you know, I got saved young. I, you know, I, I didn't do all that stuff some of y'all did. And said, the only thing I did was lie, cheat, steal. Then I went, oh, Jesus. Okay? Well, I mean, is, is lying, that, that's, that's some pretty bad stuff, ain't it? Lying, cheating, and stealing. Okay, and that one, one and a half semesters where I let those girls catch me. I, I was running for my life, though, y'all. I was running for my life. I let Pastor Marcia catch me, though. I don't think you were running too fast. <laughs> so okay. let's just be clear but, about but that. But you can look back and think that you're not as other people. You haven't sinned as much as other people. We all needed the blood. And if nothing else, we were born wrong because we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And even if you think that you never even as much as took a cookie out of the cookie jar, we were born in sin and destined to hell. We would went from birth to hell without Jesus Christ. Amen. So there's no justification, remission of sins, and, and, and cleansing through self-righteousness. The second thing that causes people to be mean as Christians is pride. When you make your make 
when you, uh, with pride, which makes you think of yourself more highly. I think this is all we got last week, right? I'm thinking here. Okay, we got to this. This brings that, that second point here. Uh, pride makes you think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Pride is in the heart, is internal, but then it causes us to think wrong and then it causes us to act wrong. Starts in the heart, okay? Starts in the heart, but it manifests in your head and then it's going to ultimately manifest in your actions. Proverbs 10 and 4 says, The wicked in his proud countenance does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. Wicked people aren't thinking about God. Okay? That's why David says, and uh, he, he, when, he, when, when he gets upset, uh, he said, I was envious at the proud. He said, they seem like there's no bands in their life. In other words, they don't have any bondage. Look like they're able to do what they want to do, go where they want to go. Nothing stops them. And then he said, he said, and they say, what does God know? In other words, there's no fear of God. There's no consciousness of God. And people can be so proud and full of pride that they don't think about God. We were, we were mentioning yesterday, we said, even in ministry, that, you know, I, I still think, I still think, <laughs> you know, I have this, this is one of these other dilemmas I think mm -hmm. about. I know that, that God blesses people and promotes people, but I, I've seen people get blessed and promoted too quickly. Yeah. And at the same time, I can't say God didn't do it. Right. You understand what I'm saying? I can't say God didn't do it, but I've watched people have very, success in their life very early, even as Christians, and just get filled up with pride. And, uh, and, and Paul even warns about that. Paul said, lay hands on no man suddenly. He said, and when you put people in ministry and in leadership, they shouldn't be novice, too new at this. He said, lest they get lifted up with pride and fall into condemnation of the devil. Some people, I think, I, I, sometimes I know you want to be blessed and you want anything to happen now. Sometimes it's best that God takes his time and develops you internally before you start growing too much externally. Because you can get caught up in pride and then lose everything you have. Yeah. God, even the king of Babylon, okay? He, Babylon was not known to be God worshipers, but some type of way Nebuchadnezzar seemed like he should have known better. Right. Because he comes out and says, look what I have built. Oh, the great Nebuchadnezzar, look what I built with the might of my hands. And God said, oh, you did it. Oh, you don't need me. You're full of pride. And God let him go crazy in his head. And he started look, acting like, a, acting, looking like a, a wild animal in the wilderness. Yeah. He said, and then I acknowledged God and my senses came back to me. When I, when I put my mind back on God, when I acknowledge I have nothing except God gives it to me. Some, come on, have y'all seen, seen people who seem to get so full of themselves, seem like they lost their mind? But they don't see it because they're blocking all of that. They can't see themselves foreseeing, them, foreseeing themselves, mm. <laughs> you know, and so we see that all the time. And the thing about it is that when, um, let's say you're gifted and you're talented, or intelligent, you have all that going for you, regardless of all, all of that, the enemy comes for you anyway. Sure. But humility uh, reminds the devil that you're, you're not out there by yourself because you're falling back on him, on the Lord. But pride says, I don't, I'm not falling back on God. I got this by myself. You know, humility actually, actually 
empowers you yeah. with yeah. the anointing. Definitely. Because you have to be humble enough to realize, I need God. I need his power. I need his wisdom. I, I need his anointing. Yeah. And you're yeah. so full of pride, you think you can do this without God. Yeah. And so that's why Psalms 10 and 4, the wicked in his proud countenance doesn't seek God. And God is in none of his thoughts. Obadiah, I'm sure y'all were studying Obadiah this morning. Okay, o Obadiah. Obadiah. That sounds like something that Mushmouth would say. Some of that was on that was on um, Fat Albert. I didn't watch Fat Albert. He used to talk wubba dibba yuba saber. <laughs> Only reason why I'm reminded of it is because there is a there is someone who's running for office in Georgia. We saw well, this. There's someone okay. running for office in Georgia. Somebody who's make, been making very intelligent statements. And one of those intelligent statements was, China is sending us their bad air and they're taking our good air. I can't make this stuff up. That's what this man said to who, who's running for this office in Georgia. I don't have nothing in this, so I don't have to say nothing about Georgia. Just pray for Georgia. And then he said, they said that man came from monkeys. No, man came from ape. But if that's true, why are there still apes? Can't make this stuff up. Okay. Anyway, so Obadiah, Obadiah, first chapter, verse 3 and 4. It says, the pride of your heart has deceived you. You will dwell in the cliffs of the rock whose habitation is high. You, will, you who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Say, your pride has deceived you. Verse 4 says, though you ascend as high as the eagle, and though you set your nest among the stars, God says, from there I will bring you down, says the Lord. So that tells me the higher you get in pride, the harder your fall going to be. And it's not a matter when you build your life based upon pride and you get so full of pride. It's not a matter of if you're coming down, it's when you're coming down and how hard the fall is going to be. Yeah. Now, I believe a person, yeah. even if you're in pride, you can repent. Yeah. You can repent and avoid that. Mm -hmm. But if you keep walking that out. What does that look like? And don't repent. What does that look like when, someone, when someone's in pride and they repent? You know, I, some of y'all hear me tell a story and I'm, y'all, I'm so grateful for the mercy of God mm. for the mercy of God because I made I mean in the first couple of years of our ministry I, I made some dumb mistakes that could if 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 I have if I was doing that same thing now the fall would have been so much greater mm. the consequences would have been so much greater yeah. I ain't yeah. talking about sexual sin nothing like that I'm talking about that time I told you when I preached this message I'm gonna make everybody join the church okay because uh, I'm going to preach this message, to, watch this, what I can say now, to manipulate people to get them to do what I want them to do. Mm. In that case, it was to join the church instead of just attending the church. And, and then so I said at the end of that message, and so this ain't your church, and I ain't your man of God. Leave. Go find your church. And we went from 60 down to 20. I lost two-thirds of my congregation in one, one week because of one message. 
Now, if I lost two-thirds now, that's a whole lot more severe consequence. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so after that, I fell on my, because now I felt like, hey, I felt like I got experience in business and corporate world with Fortune 500 companies. I have experience, you know, uh, already having a successful nonprofit corporation up in Maine, and, I, and I've done this and I've done that, and, you know, and, and I got exposure to ministry at a higher level. I got degrees, all this kind of stuff, and I thought that qualified me, and automatically this is going to be a breeze to grow a church. Mm. What is that? Pride. When you were relying more on your ability, what you already have, more than what God can give you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I fell on my face, and I really cried. I cried. I said, God, I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing, Jesus. Help me. And the Lord said to me, all right, now we can grow this church. Once I humble myself and realize, God, my education, my experience, all my church background means nothing. Because where you're taking me, I haven't been. Oh, you got to recognize that. Where God want to take you, you haven't been. Right, right, right. Let me say it again. Where God is trying to take you, you haven't been. Right. So you're going to have to humble yourself and let him lead you. Right, so you had to repent. I had to repent. And you had to humble yourself. You had to go to God and repent. And so without repentance, you're still in pride. And you can keep down that same path. Yeah. And it's going to lead to destruction. Yeah. And so, I mean, so do you know of people who have been in this uh, this space of being prideful, and they may have acknowledged it, but haven't repented? Well, I can't. I, I mean, I don't focus on people. Never you don't, like that. I mean, through I mean, I don't, your I don't know the details through, of people. Through your experience and as a pastor and, and dealing with people. Well, some, you know, some, sometimes people's pride, for example, won't even allow them to repent of something that they did and said to somebody. You know, uh, they won't, their, their pride won't allow them to repent for being disrespectful mm. or saying something that they shouldn't have said or responding right. in a way right. that they shouldn't respond. Right. And that generally leads to destruction too. Right. So without repentance, even though they may know it, you're still in pride. Without a chore. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm thinking about when um, there was a time when you have made some decision. I'm talking about when we were in Oklahoma. You literally came back, mm. you know, and you got up before the people. No one asked you to do this. But you repented and basically said, you know what, I was trying to do this. I was trying In to. my own. Yeah, on, on my that, own. That was about leaving and, leaving and going to New York trying to get my ministry going. On my own. And, you know, and. And I'm, I'm here, and I'm, and I'm not going to try to do anything in my own ability. I'm here until, um, until the Lord says so. Now, no one told him to do that. And you could have gone by without even saying it on the surface, right? You could have made the adjustments naturally. But when he did that, y'all, something mm. broke. I, do you remember that Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Something broke in the atmosphere, and the whole church went out. I mean, it wasn't like we had no idea. I don't know if it, people knew about the whole details. Experience, the, what we had went through. Right, but something transpired in the atmosphere, in the realm of the spirit, that moved things that were in the way, out of the way. And the atmosphere broke and it lifted and the church went up in a praise and the church went up in a shout. When you repent... When people of purpose 
are in a place of pride and they don't repent, they go in their own strength. But when a person of purpose who repent of pride, they go in a place of the spirit. And from that moment on, we saw things just accelerate in our lives. Amen. And it was at that moment, it was right after that, that God orchestrated things to bring us here. Right. And, I, and again, because, and because I had said what I said, right. I'll be here until Jesus comes. That was that so the awkward. Lord. Now the Lord's saying, all right, now, 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 instead of you trying to come up with your path and looking for a way to get out of here and, do, and get on with your life, let me take control over your life. Right. Right. That's when the path opened up for me to come here. And I didn't want to do it. Didn't want to come here with no I'm like, this ain't what I had in mind, God. Yeah. But I had enough humility to recognize my life is not my own. Yeah. No, we sing that all the time. Oh, that song yeah. challenges me so much. Every time we say that I give myself because I really see very few Christians who really live like that. Some words just don't go together. Mean and Christian are two of them. Being a mean Christian is a contradiction to everything that Jesus Christ taught us. In this message, Bishop Herbert Bailey and Dr. Marsha Bailey elaborate on what it means to be a Christian who displays the love of God in all areas. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at rdci.info via the store tab. Just ask for Mean Christians. Stay connected with us online or in person. Stream our services live on YouTube, Facebook, or rdci.info via the Watch Live tab on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Wednesdays, stream our Bible study at 12 noon and 7 p.m. On Fridays, Women's Bible Study airs at 12 p.m. If you're in the local area, join us for services in Columbia, South Carolina at 3506 Broad River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, Florence, or Fort Mill areas, join us for live services there. To find out more about individual campus service times and locations, visit our website at rdci.info.